The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. First, up to 60 people are facing prosecution every day for non-payment of their TV licence. There's been a significant rise in the number of people being pursued in this manner since the RTE payment scandal during the summer. I'm joined on the line now by Ralph Regal, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Independent. Ralph, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, 60 people a day are being pursued. Um, How rigorously are they being pursued? I mean, what are the odds of being caught if you don't buy a TV licence? I, I think the odds of being caught, Pat, are, are, are quite high. I mean, the question is how vigorously the courts are going to enforce this. Now, being issued with a summons doesn't mean that you're going to be convicted before a court, but certainly what it looks it looks like is that the rate of summonses uh, being issued are going up. For instance, if you take uh, between uh, January the 1st and May the 31st last year, there were 5,073 summonses issued for non-payment of, of the television licence. But over the next six months, that is from June the 1st until November the 30th, there were 8,064 summonses issued. So essentially on a daily rate between the first five months of the year and the last, uh, say, six months, the following six months, the rate of summonses went up by 33%. Mm. I think it's also worth pointing out that, of course, the RTE payment scandal erupted in June so there appears to be a direct link between that and the increase in summonses. Yeah. And even more importantly, it's been pointed out that it, it takes some time um, for basically tracking people down who don't have a license and for the court proceedings to get underway. So in actual fact, what you're really expecting to see, what everyone is expecting to see is that the rate of increase of summonses being issued is really going to increase mm-hmm. this year rather than the last six months. I mean, there there is... Uh a system that is uh, employed by OnPost uh, to track evaders down, and that is, I mean, they send you a reminder uh, when your licence is due. Uh, many people pay by uh, a direct debit, and it just, uh, you know, automatically happens unless they stop it. Um, but they do, in advance of even taking that money, they kind of remind you they're about to take it if you're on direct debit. So they know... Um, who decides to opt out of that direct debit and they know who hasn't responded uh, to the request to renew the licence. Correct. And at the very end of that, Pat, there's also a personal contact. You know, that there's this famous thing about people checking on the doors. I mean, that still happens. Now, what's what's interesting to note is that there's not been an increase in the personnel for UNPUS, who are the enforcement agent. They have the contract for enforcing the television license. So there's been no increase in their number of personnel. But I, I suspect that's going to be a space we're going to have to watch very closely. Mm-hmm. If you take it over last year, the latest figures that we've obtained is that there were 123 3,646 fewer sales and renewals in terms of the television license last year. So they're basically down from 947,924 license sales in 2022 down to 824,278. And that involves a loss of revenue for RT of 20 million euros. So it's quite serious. Now, the the question of what they do, I mean, people do move from place to place. Uh, apartment living is notoriously transient. Um, so how do Unpost handle the idea you, you know, send to apartment 7B in block 17 of an apartment complex? Uh, you don't know whether those people are still living there. What happens next or, or do we know? Well, I mean, again, a lot of this is kept very much um, close to their chests in terms of the enforcement mechanisms. But in most people, when they when they change apartments or homes, they leave forwarding addresses because they have to get their mail. 
And in a lot of cases, that's one element that's looked at in and terms of, course, of where a person... Who, who are they telling that to? On post. On post, exactly, the enforcement agent. Um, in other cases, what happens is if people aren't traceable or you have new people buying. If a person buys um, an electronic device that's subject to a license, there's an automatic notification um, through things like, say, credit card payments or whatever like that. So in some ways, that's that other ways, that's how other people uh, kind of come into the net. I think it's also worth pointing out that in some cases um, where, where summonses are issued for people um, about a television license, it's sometimes found that they don't require one because they can fall into the exemptions category where they don't actually have to have a license. Uh, what are those exemptions? Well, uh, for instance, it could be age grounds. Um, in other cases, it could be um, the fact of, of loss of income or things like that. Or in, in certain cases, it could be that a person no longer has the device for which the license was required. So yeah. there can be cases where there are exemptions. Yeah. And people who are watching on their laptops or people who are watching on their phones, um, they do not, if they don't possess an actual set, because it's, uh, it's a license for the set rather than uh, a license to watch. That's the way it's currently structured. Um, they'd be fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, but no, there has been talk about modifying um, the whole license as well as looking at the whole thing of media funding within the, the ambit of this television license. But I think it, it's quite a serious matter that when you look at the fact that, R, that RT required a government bailout last year, such was the state of the finances, and the fact that income from the license fee is down by 20 million euros already. And most people seem to be indicating that the very worst fallout from people not renewing their licenses on the back of the, the controversy over the payments that we're likely to see the worst of that this year rather than in the last six months of last year. I think it's going to be a very interesting space to look at going yeah. forward. Uh, meantime, RT has released uh, details of its uh, highest earners and it will also be doing that on an annual basis, you know, in time rather than after a delay of one or two years. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we just had literally uh, just about an hour or so ago, it was confirmed uh, what the top payments are. So, of course, not surprisingly for 2022, um, the person who received the highest earnings was Ryan Tuberty. He received €515,000. Um, no, after him, then you had Joe Duffy with 351,000. And then in third place, you had Claire Burns. Now, Claire Burns' income had dropped from 350,000 euros to 320,000 euros. And of course, that was because uh, the, the television show, which had formed part of what she was doing, was no longer part of her, her portfolio. But I think it, it's, it's very much um, a move by RT to address this whole thing about transparency, mm. um, that both for contractors and for um, employees, that yeah. these wages would be published on an annual basis. And I think it's very much part of the process mm. going forward and, uh, of rebuilding trust. Now, uh, they talk about the difference between contractors and uh, staff. Uh, the top six highest uh, people paid were uh, contractors. And then they have employees. Uh, Brian Dobson is uh, 209,681, uh, a small increase on his earnings, I presume, uh, simply a yeah. matter of uh, inflation. But the difference is that the security of tenure, which uh, the staff have, pensions, which the staff have, uh, sick leave, which the staff have, which the contractors don't have. They get sick, they get sick in their own time. Yeah, very much so. And if, uh, for instance, say, if, 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 show ratings fall or if you know a contract is not renewed you really don't have a fallback whereas if you're a staff employee 
if if a program ends or whatever, you're allocated to a different program, and that's how it works. So, or or you do nothing, as is the case of some people. Correct. That's that, that's right. Yes. No. But there is a substantial difference. I think it's worth pointing out that if you look at Brian Dobson, he's earning less than half what Ryan Tuberty was earning. Mm. So while there are benefits to being a staff member, certainly to be an effective contractor, the financial rewards are there as well. Yeah. Um, however, we see with the latest contractor to be contracted, Patrick Keelty, to do the Late Late Show, the um, flagship programme of RTE, one of the biggest earners for RTE. He's making marginally more than Brian Dobson is, and he's as vulnerable as anybody. Um, If his face doesn't fit after his contract time is up, he's out the door. Yeah, very much so, Pat. And I think that's very much a reflection of the new era that we find ourselves in, and particularly that RT finds itself in. Um, the, The whole negotiations over Patrick Keelty's contract occurred right at the height of the whole payments uh, controversy within RT. Now, whether it remains at that level going forward, you know, given the success of the show or given, you know, RT's determination to retain him in the, 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 the hot seat in the Late Late Show remains to be seen. But I think you can look at his salary and say very much it was moulded by um, the circumstances surrounding um, the controversy at the time. And mm. um, there is talk, of course, of reforming the whole system and uh, having some way of uh, charging a media fee to people who consume social media, broadcast media, streaming media uh, and all the rest of it. Um, that reform, though, is a little bit down the tracks and it's hard to imagine that RTE will uh, get any guaranteed source of income uh, between now and the next election. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a difficult nut, nut to crack, Pat, because of course, I mean, public confidence is a big part of this. And that definitely took a major hit last year when a lot of these, the secret payments were revealed. Um, the government have talked about this new media funding model. I think the government are particularly concerned at misinformation and disinformation that's coming from social media sources. I mean, I've done multiple doorsteps with the Taoiseach and the Taunashta over recent months where they're continually emphasizing the importance of public service uh, broadcasting as well as trustworthy uh, media sources and very much worried by, say, if you look at something like the rise of the far right in Ireland, how much it's being fueled by misinformation within social media. So I think that's something the government are going to look very hard at. But how you accomplish that, I mean, people have are getting their news in so many different ways. Years ago, it was radio, newspapers and television, that's changed and a significant number of people now are getting them from online electronic means. How you pay for that, how you support trustworthy sources um, and I think more importantly how you, you have some kind of a level playing pitch where so many of the social media platforms are now you know, benefiting from the advertising side of that and you know, maybe creating a situation where there's a greater sharing of the advertising resources, it's going to be a very, very difficult question to answer over the coming months and years. Ralph, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, Ralph Regan, who is the Southern Correspondent of the Irish Independent. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.